to the third line grinders podcast for us the second take here as i the dense the densest of the four forgot to hit record two minutes in but i cameron pierce i'm hosting once more nick is going to take my role as the resident sarcastic person who nobody likes a-hole. and that's right nick's in the a-hole chair this time uh we definitely didn't steal that from 98 uh five the sports hub uh, Never heard nick, of what's going on buddy what's up nothing <laughs> absolutely fantastic commentary we'll throw it over to sonig sonig welcoming back again what's going on hello how's everyone doing great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a delayed reaction <laughs> and uh ethan spaulding coming back in again ethan buddy what's going on doing all right how are you I'm just swell, Ethan. And and before we get into the hockey portion of the podcast, you'll you'll all have to listen listen to my spiel again. And for the audience, this is the second time as well because last week on Pucking Around, I posed a question that we all agreed last week we would uh, bring back up for Ethan at the beginning of this episode. So, Ethan, the question I asked everybody last week was: if there was a piece of media that you could experience for the first time again, what would it be? Meaning. A movie that you saw that you loved, a TV show, a video game, an album, a book, something that you experienced for the first, want to experience for the first time again. Erase your memory, have a completely clean slate, and just start over with it. What would it be? We all agreed that you'd have a really good answer for, to this, so so please don't let us down. Oh God, that's a, that's a lot of pressure. It's on. <laughs> all right. Well, let me let me get the gears grinding. See what we got going on upstairs. Piece of media. Whether it's a video game, I don't read books, so can't be books. Not a life event, because we're talking about. Okay, I want to remind everybody that he had like an extra solid three minutes to think about this. <laughs> can you can can you also repeat ours after Ethan answers it? I don't Just remember by... what you guys said. I remember what I said. I don't. See, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, I might have remembered. I think Sonic. I think you remember. I think it was a concert or a festival. Yeah, 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 it was some, okay. fest, some festival. So, so, Ethan, we are allowing live action events. So, if you went to like a hockey game or something, you can give that as an answer as well. But that, you know, I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. So, I'm going to go with so solely because um, I would play PlayStation 2 with my brother growing up, right? Him and I would play when I was younger. It's just a good time. Um, Star Wars Battlefront, right? Oh, for the PlayStation yeah. 2. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, I think. I think I like that one better than the first one. But if I could experience that campaign, if I could experience that type of gameplay just over again for the first time, I think that'd be amazing. I'd love that. I love the the integration of space battles. I like um, just the fact that it was such a different game for PlayStation, I think. At the time, um, I think that's what I would choose. Ethan, like, I think that's a phenomenal answer. I completely agree with you. I almost wish that you didn't say that as your answer, though, because now I just want to sit here and talk about that game with you. Like, <laughs> screw screw the rest of the podcast. I could talk about that entire that, that game for this entire show. It, it was that's a, next a, absolutely revolutionary game for its time. It, it was fantastic. And maybe the best Star Wars game ever made. Well, I mean exception of Lego Star Wars, but 
I uh, see. That's where we. That's where we diverge. Okay, that's where we diverge. Um, before you, maybe we'll save this for a bonus segment or something because there's there's a debate to be had there. But let's get into the actual hockey section. Ethan, I do appreciate the answer. Uh, I hope the audience appreciated it as well. That was very fun. But to get into the world of hockey, yesterday uh, we'll start off here. The Bruins and the Penguins played in. I guess you could call it um, the marquee matchup of the day on NBC, a 1 p.m. start time matinee. Bruins, three. Ping, th- three o'clock? Was it three o'clock? I don't know. Three I didn't really yeah. get to watch the game. I was practically in New Hampshire. But um, Bruins, Penguins, huge matchup. Penguins are surging. Bruins are have been better since the deadline. Ultimately, it's a one nothing win for the Pittsburgh Penguins who take the number one spot in the East in the process and move to 8-1-1. One, and one in their last 10 games. I want to go around the panel of, of everybody who watched the game, anybody who has something to say about it and just say, what do we think about this game? What do we think about the penguins going into first place and how the Bruins have looked post deadline? Yeah. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's record at home. I mean, they're 23 and two at home. Like I think pretty sure that's good for best record in the NHL at home at all. Yep. It is at all teams this year. So they're 12, 11, and 1 on the road. And um, I guess my biggest takeaway is if you're just a neutral site fan or just, you know, kind of getting into the game of hockey and you turn that game on, you're probably like, all right, well, hockey's pretty boring. So I'm probably not going to tune back in because it was a 1 nothing game with no penalties until the last, like, three minutes of the game. Um, I'll be honest, I missed the first period. I had flag football yesterday, but. I, I don't know. It's it's honestly you didn't you didn't miss much in the first right. Period. Yeah, and like as a Bruins fan, I'm I'm more annoyed, I guess, than anything. Is is well, why can't you just get one goal like offensively? Like, and obviously, you know, not every team is gonna you know have their legs or have their strongest game. But Pittsburgh's coming off a back to back. Uh, the Bruins played Friday night when they lost to fucking Buffalo, which I told you would happen. I told you Buffalo would beat Boston. Um, and it's, I don't know, to me, it's just, it's just frustrating. But at the same time, it's like, well, it is what it is. I mean, Cam, like you said, Boston has played much better since the trade deadline. I've liked the acquisitions and how they fit in to the system that the Bruins have run so far. But I, I just still look at this team and I'm like, there's way too many recurring problems and way too many issues. There's like, yeah, you're getting Taylor Hall on the score sheet. He's, he's kind of picking up David Krejci and stuff too, but you know, you still have Jake DeBrusque who hasn't scored a, a goal. And I don't know, at least it feels like 10 games. You have Charlie Coyle who the more and more you look at it, that contract extension that they gave him six years, like $31 million, like, yeah, why? Just looks just looks so bad. At this I mean, point, yeah, it's the, arguable that it, it's worse than any contract extension that Peter Shirelli gave to one of the 2011 Bruins. You could make an argument there. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, you bring this guy in. He's a local kid, so of course, you know, Bruins love their local guys and everything. But I think he's had like one, maybe two 20-goal seasons his whole career up until he came here. And it's, it's just like... Look, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to ever say that like he's not out there trying hard and all that shit, but it's like kind of like what Felger posted, posed as a question last week. It's like, did he just get his money? And he's just like, yeah, got my my money. So 
you know, I'm just going to kind of go out there and like, I, I, I want to believe that that's not the way Charlie Coyle holds himself and approaches the game, but it's just brutal to watch. And then, you know, more and more Kevin Miller. I mean, he's out there for that goal against with new de- new defenseman, Mike Riley, but it's like, I'm still watching Kevin Miller out there step up and try and like make a play on a forward that's crashing down on him. And he leaves Gensel open and Gensel gets a perfect pass from Crosby and snipes it. And it, I don't know, like it's just, it's, it's annoying, but I'll be honest. I mean, as of late, like obviously we didn't do the podcast last week, but I think they went four and O last week or four and one, whatever it was. But granted three of those games were against Buffalo. So it's like, don't they don't play know. Buffalo again Thursday? I they have believe one more they do. game against Buffalo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they have like 10, 10 or nine games left on the schedule too. So it's, I don't know. I mean, and then you see Yaro Halak go in and he looks like shit right after Rask gets yanked on, on yeah. Friday night. So it's honestly the only thing exciting about that game was Swayman. Just, <clears throat> I think yes. he played outstanding. If, if you don't have Jeremy Swayman, like, backing up and playing net the way he has for this Bruins team, the the Rangers are probably in fourth place right now and have the playoff spot. Yeah. And and like Ethan, like I, I said it two weeks ago when you weren't here, like I, I would love to like hear what, what your thoughts are on Jeremy Swayman. Cause I was saying, I just, I love like his aggression and like his demeanor, like he's so poised and he's, you know, like in, in the aggre- playing aggressive as a goalie has got to be tough. Right. I mean, you can't, you, you don't want to be over aggressive, but you don't want to be not aggressive at all. So I, I, I would love to hear what you have to say about Jeremy Swayman so far. Well, yeah, ever since the, that first game that, that he played where he, I, I looked back at it and he just did absolutely outstanding. Um, I completely agree. He's a very aggressive goalie and I think he understands when to attack the puck and when to kind of sit back and under and just read the play and see where the puck's going to go. Um, it definitely is a little difficult being more aggressive of a goalie because, you know, one fucking mistake, the puck's in the back of the net. And obviously, at such a high level of, of hockey, he can't have that. But um, I have really high hopes for him going through the, the fe- through the future. It's honestly a nice mm, change of pace in terms of the goaltending for, for the Boston Bruins, I think, personally. Yeah. I think it's also... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's also great that he just literally came off of UMaine mm. and signed the contract with us and then is playing. So it's not like he had a break. I feel like he just went from college hockey right to NHL. Which um, is just great. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And I was going to say, I was going to ask you, Ethan, um, you know, like if you're the, if you're the head coach of the Boston Bruins and you're going into playoffs and you have basically four goalies to choose from and Tukaras is guaranteed to be on that roster. Do you go with Swayman as like the number two or do you put Yaro Halak there just given his experience? Um that's a good question. I would like to I would like to be optimistic and say put Swayman as a second goalie, but also at the same time he doesn't have too much experience in the NHL, let alone Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think maybe you're going to have to have Halak there, but I think, um, you know, Halak gets a chance and he fucks up, then I don't want to say give him the ax, but put Swayman up on that second spot. I think if, give Halak one, one chance and if he fucks up, you know, we got other goalies. 
that that are a little bit more hungry per se to uh to get a, a good spot in the scene nick are you are you saying that like when if tuka's gone it would just be like halak and swayman if i if i'm don sweeney i'm not re-signing yara halak i don't like i'm saving that two and a half three mil whatever he's paid a year and i'm using it to either re-sign david Krejci, which i don't even know if i won and i'd like to adjust that like at a later date um or i'm going out and I'm trying to get some defensive help and some secondary scoring. Uh, the way I look at it is I don't think you can ever have too young of a goalie because I think there are just too many examples of goalies getting hot and just, you know, I mean, like the prime example I brought up two weeks ago was Jordan was Jordan Bennington. Look at what he did against the Bruins on the Blues. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Rask. And on, part of me just hopes that he retires at the end of this year and just calls it a career and, you know, bravo, so long, you know, great, great career. But if he wants to keep playing, then guess what? He's not getting for my team. And this is the only team he said that he, that he wants to play for. So guess what, dude, you're not getting paid $7 million a year. And especially if, when you're gone half the season. Right. Exactly. And so I think the the future is Swayman and Vladar, and Vladar is like the, that's like your future, yeah. but I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, it's always better to have, you know, veteran goalies and stuff. And it's like, well, if the team is built good enough in front of you, young goalies can I think figure it out. Obviously, it's I I've never played in the NHL and I never will, and I'll never truly know what that takes. But just eye test watching Swayman, I think you have something there and he wasn't a first round pick for nothing. And he wasn't the, the Mike Richter award winner in college hockey for nothing. And, and, I, and I'm not going to rule out the possibility that like, say Rask does retire. Does he, does he leave altogether or does he stick around with the Bruins and work in some kind, kind of a coaching role? That veteran presence can still be there, whether it's Rask or not, you can still get that kind of veteran presence from something like that. So I don't mm-hmm. want to rule that out altogether. But, but good thoughts all around, uh, unless anybody has anything else to say about the Bruins. But I do want to move on to the, some more points in the East Division here. Uh, and I do want to touch on Pittsburgh before we get to the second bit of notes here that I have written down. How viable of a, of a threat, how big of a threat do you guys really see Pittsburgh in terms of going on a Stanley Cup run? Are, are we feeling that they're wishy-washy and that they're just on a good right now run right now? Or are they legit? Uh... I mean, I honestly think they probably have a pretty good run for it. Like Nick yeah. was saying, what, what were they? They were four. 23 and one. Yeah, 23 and one. No, sorry. 20, 20 wins, three regulation losses, two overtime losses at home. That, yeah. that sounds pretty great to me, honestly, especially if they do end up getting the, uh, the higher seed and getting those home games. That could be absolutely crucial for them. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll they'll be up there for sure. The way I look at the East is it's anybody's game. Uh, I think even if somehow the Rangers get in and sneak in, and I think they're like I think the Rangers would be the weakest link. But I think you look at Pittsburgh, Washington, New York, and the Bruins. I think any any one of those teams could come out of the East. Uh, it's just a matter of how healthy are you, is your team? Uh, I don't know when the last time Malkin has played, but I pretty I didn't notice him yesterday. I, 
Was he oh, no, out? He, yeah, he's out. He comes back uh, for playoffs. Okay, so, I mean, in Pittsburgh, too, like, they're kind of like Washington in a way. Like, they're not, like, they don't really have, like, a fully established goalie. Like, I, th- I mean, Tristan Jari played great yesterday, but, I, like, they they flip flopped the whole year between him and Des- him and Casey DeSmith, so it's like how like so who do you start? I'm sure they start Jari, but all it takes is like one or two bad games by Jari, and then then you're gonna switch goalies in the middle of a playoff run. I mean that's t- that's tough to do, and it can it can be a momentum killer or it can be a momentum shifter in the right way. Unless they go in with the approach that it's goalie by committee and they, they play who whoever's playing well or they rotate the games in some sort of way. You play two, then you play two. It's not an entirely unheard of thing, though rare. So if the playoffs did start today, Bruins-Pittsburgh would play each other in the first round. How confident are you in the Bruins' ability to win that series? I think it, I think it would go six or seven games. I think it's a yeah. coin flip pretty much. Um because you've seen you've seen the Bruins kind of handle Pittsburgh pretty well this year, but I think it also could be a, a matter of home ice advantage series type thing. Where because I think the Bruins played much better at home against Pittsburgh this season, and obviously we've already gone over Pittsburgh's record at home. So it's like, who can go out and steal a road game? And we know how we know how big that is in playoffs. I mean, winning a game on the road, especially if it's the first or the third one is huge. So uh, honestly, Cam, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a pick them to be honest. Uh, and that's just the- not me being like a homer either. Like I, I think that both, both teams have the opportunity to beat each other. Um, I wanted to ask, is the, did the penguins clinch? Were they clinched yesterday or no? Nobody, still- okay. Yeah. Okay. Nobody has clinched yet. In the East. Yep. It is an incredibly tight race race in this east division here as we move on to a couple other teams very quickly the new york islanders and the washington capital capitals who will play the third of a three game in-season series against each other uh tomorrow or uh, today is the uh the day that this will be posted but capitals win the first two games of that series uh first one nothing in a shootout in new york and then a six to three win on saturday night in new york over the islanders they play game three as i said tomorrow slash tonight in washington i'm pretty sure uh ovechkin could miss his second consecutive game with a lower body injury though it has been said that should not be a problem for the playoffs i'm not too worried about it but i just want to get you guys's take on these games if you've been able to watch them and just how you see these two teams matching up against each other and the other teams in the east division as we go down the final stretch here in the playoff push yeah i mean the islanders have been pretty consistent most of the whole year and i think so of the capitals so and like you like you said cam like i'm not too concerned about the ovechkin injury and and they already said like it shouldn't affect them for playoffs so i think that's a huge thing um obviously i don't catch a ton of you know capitals and islanders games but i think that if you look at them on paper that's what i like back to like what i said before we switch subjects i just think it's all these teams in the East are just are kind of similar to each other in their own ways. I think that, you know, the Islanders play like that boring brand of defensive hockey first, but they also have guys that can put the puck in the net. Um, and obviously we know that Washington can score at will. So 
I think when you when you match two teams up like that against each other, you're always going to get a good product, and it's just a matter of who has a better the better goaltending, and you know who's going to come out and score that you know very very uh, important first goal. Yeah, I think they're they're two strong teams. I mean, Saturday, I believe it was Saturday's game that was six to three. Yes. Um, I mean right in the first period you saw Hathaway just score that incredible goal so it's it's just starting off strong with the with the Capitals but again they're both very two strong teams so it could go either way for both of them so it's very interesting to see and when their next game you said was when I believe it'll be Tuesday night yeah so I mean that could go either way too you don't even know it's it's very close uh, before I move on to Ethan here, I do want to point out that you just said something that has never been uttered in the history of mankind before. Garrett Hathaway, an incredible goal in the same sentence. Ethan, Isn't that weird? I would never say that either, but that goal was, it was great. Absolutely. Ethan, uh, any take here? Um, no, like you guys were just saying, it's going to be a really interesting matchup because they're both pretty decent teams. And I guess it really depends on how you play that first period the first, from the first drop of, the, drop of the puck. My goodness. Um, yeah, you just kind of got to go out of the get-go and whoever fucking puts a pressure on first and then is able to last, I guess, it, it really could go either way. I don't know, that's, that's really all I got. But What do you think, Cam? Well, I think that the, the first two games in this uh, three-game matchup here – it's playoff hockey through and through. It's been absolutely fantastic. I think the first game, the one nothing Washington shootout win, is probably the best example of it. It has just been wall-to-wall action the entire time. We saw a high-scoring one. We saw a low-scoring one. I love it. I love it. I'm eating it up. And you know what else I'm eating up? The play of Mr. Anthony Mantha. I am sorry I <laughs> doubted you, my friend. Although, Vrana has been killing it in Detroit as well. So I think that it, this has been a, a great trade for both teams thus far. Anthony Mantha, six points in six games with a four goal to assist record there. He has slotted in so well on the second line yeah. and scored, I believe in four consecutive games after arriving in Washington, if I remember correctly. So I have to eat my words, at least for now, we'll see time will tell what really happens there. But as we've been saying, this East division race is, is absolutely fantastic. Probably the toughest division in the national hockey league right now. It's only a one point gap between Pittsburgh and Washington for the top spot. The Islanders in third place, uh, three points back of Washington. So must win against Washington tomorrow night. We'll see what happens there. And of course the Bruins seven points out of first place. They sit in fourth right now. I think it's safe to say they won't be winning the division, but another division race that has been really entertaining to watch all season has been that West division. We saw three teams clinch over the weekend, Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota all clinched playoff spots in the West division. One spot remains right now. Vegas in first currently with 70 points, Colorado in second with 66 points, but two games in hand, with Vegas and Minnesota sits in third at 65 points. What is you guys take on just how fast these teams a have clinched in the first place, how they've all clinched pretty much in succession of each other. And, and how is the rest of this division going to, going to play out? 
Yeah, I mean, the the whole clinch part was like, it happened so fast. And then wasn't Colorado ahead of Vegas like three days ago? I feel like. Could have, it could have been. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not very sure off the top of my head, to be honest. But, I mean, Colorado, they're 8-2-0 in their last 10. Vegas, 9-1-0. And Minnesota's 8-1-1. And Minnesota's on a seven-game win streak. And Vegas is on a nine-game win streak. That's incredible. I mean, pff, I, I watched some of the Minnesota Wild game, and they're they're just very aggressive in, I mean, in, a, in, like, a good way. Just, like, the way Minnesota has turned their season around. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, like you said, Sonic, it's incredible because at one point, they, I'm pretty sure they were out of a playoff spot, and then all of a sudden they just started roaring back. And, you know, I mean, they – I think – I think going into this season, you kind of knew that um, you kind of knew that this was probably Colorado or Vegas's division to to lose. Um, I don't think there were much expectations out of San Jose and LA and Anaheim, but you know Arizona remains there, but they're also under five hundred. And St. Louis has had such a shitty season this year. It's like, do they even really deserve to make a playoff spot? And San Jose sitting there with 41 points, so they're six points back behind Arizona. And I, I just don't, I just don't see enough talent there for them to even make the playoffs. Let alone if they're in it, do anything. So, but you kind of you, you have that three-headed monster there with Vegas and Colorado and Minnesota. And I think I think if no matter who makes it out of those three teams, like for the for the semis, like it's going to be an unreal series because especially Vegas and Colorado. I mean, those two teams play with so much speed and so much skill and they have good goaltending and everything too. So it's. Yeah. They're two powerhouses. You like, they go back and forth. So you don't know who's going to be first or second. And I think those are easily your two favorites to win the cup besides the lightning. I mean, Vegas and Colorado, it's they're one, two right there. Yeah. It's just a matter of if, Colorado gets Phil Grubauer. I mean, I think Grubauer is still on like the COVID protocol list right now. So I don't think he's back yet, but I mean, he's been their, their lifesaver for the last two seasons. Uh, Nick, didn't you say that you wanted Vegas to win? Was that you or was that? I mean, I'd, I'd lo- I think Vegas deserves to win a cup. I, I think, I think not only would it be great for the city of Vegas, I think it's great for the NHL because it tells you that, it give, I think it gives Seattle hope that, hey, you know what? We could put a team together that's pretty good, and, and it might be made of some guys that you've never heard of before, but it can end up being a good product. And I think that's a good I think that's a good thing for the league. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because if Vegas can do it, Seattle definitely can do it. Right. Yeah. Though, isn't I, – I don't know if I heard incorrectly, but isn't the, the expansion draft that's happening with uh, Seattle, isn't it? Aren't the rules a little bit different than when it was when Vegas came to town? That I'm not I'm no. not sure of. I thought it was pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Yeah, I think if not the exact same cuz like you can you can still only protect I think it's like five forwards, three defensemen and a goalie or 10 yeah. players total or something like that and like all of the all like the rules like kind of still apply like if you're first if you're still on your elc or if you're 
you know, have a no trade clause or anything like that. Like you, you can't be picked up. So mm-hmm. you eliminate almost half of every team's yeah, roster. Yeah, every team. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still the same. But I okay. that is the summer. Well, oh, I is think it? I think they're releasing the the roster after playoffs. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what yeah. I heard. Yeah, the, yeah. Expan- the expansion draft won't happen until after playoffs are done. Yeah. But yeah, oh, that's fighting. Pretty sure that's this summer, right, Cam? Because they're trying to yes. have that 32nd team in for next season. And I'm, ex- I'm excited. Like the, the expansion draft, I would imagine, would happen simultaneously with the NHL entry draft as it did uh, a few years ago with Vegas. Now, we could talk the expansion draft all day. We can save that for another episode, but we do have some other big things I want to hit on. And before we leave this uh, West Division, um, I agree because just because I have some thoughts here, I, I want to get out too. But I agree, Vegas and Colorado easily the cup favorites right now. Uh, Minnesota has I want to point out was my pick to be the surprise team of the season. Just wanna just wanna <laughs> stick that little knife in and hopefully I can twist it later in the season. But I want to ask, who do you see most likely? going in that fourth spot i know we kind of addressed this a little bit as we said arizona currently holds the fourth playoff position there with 47 points minnesota or not minnesota i'm sorry st louis one point back in the fifth spot but they do have three games in hand who's more likely who are we betting on i mean my thoughts uh you know like nick said earlier whether or not they deserve this spot i think st louis is probably gonna hit that fourth spot agreed as much as I don't want it to be St. Louis, I kind of wanted the Coyotes to clench that fourth spot. But, um, yeah, with you said they have two games left. Well, they 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 each have you know a good handful of games left, but St. Louis has three games less yeah. uh, played than Arizona does. So, yeah, so I I have a feeling it's going to be St. Louis, but I'm hoping uh, for Coyotes. I'm taking Arizona. I think Arizona is a better team and they've proven to be a better team this whole season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, St. Louis obviously is only two years away from like two years removed from winning the cup, but that team is just so different and it's just not the same without Alex Pietrangelo. And, you know, they bring in some new faces that haven't worked out there so far. And I, their goaltending has been a mess this whole year. Jordan Bennington isn't, hasn't been the same. They lose Jake Allen to Montreal and it's, it's just like a, it's just a different team that has no momentum going for them, and you can only you can only rely on you know guys like Ryan O'Reilly and uh, you know Vladdy Tarasenko so much. So I just think I just think Arizona's a younger, faster, deeper team than in St. Louis. So I'm going to stay with Arizona. Uh, I'm glad to hear you stay consistent, Nick, because they were your surprise team of the year back <clears> at <throat> the beginning of the season. So I'm glad yep. to hear you stay consistent with your pick there. Uh, moving on next to uh, some broadcasting news here within the National Hockey League. Uh, NBC is done as the broadcast partner for the National Hockey League after the 2021 season. Turner Sports is expected to take over as the secondary partner. Uh, ESPN, obviously, as we discussed in weeks past, will be the primary. Um, and it will be the first time NBC won't be airing hockey since the 05-06 season. And three of the next Stanley Cup finals will be on Turner Networks, four on ESPN. Bleacher Report uh, is allegedly going to be uh, involved as well as HBO Max. So we've obviously discussed the ESPN side of this, so we'll try to keep that to an aside here. Um, do we think that this is good for the National Hockey League? 
in terms of exposure and branding, or do we think that it's bad? Uh, I, I'm going to go straight out, straight out the gate with saying, I think it's good. I think because at least from what I've experienced with NBCSN, um, there are only so many games that you can watch because, you know, they have those blackout restrictions or whatever, you know, they can watch on NHL or whatever. I just find it really frustrating. And I feel like it's a, it's a big turnoff for those who are not quite into hockey, but are trying to get in and they want to watch, you know, whatever games they want. And they just can't because NBCSN has that, you know, that contract or whatever you want to say. And then they have to watch the games like two days later, which I think is kind of unfortunate. I I agree with you, Ethan. I think NBCSN only allows you to watch certain games at certain times for their time slot. But I think moving over to ESPN or even... Uh, I think Cammy said HBO Max. I think that's um, it's a good step in the right direction for NHL as well as hockey fans who don't normally watch hockey all the time. It's something that they would turn because HBO Max is now mostly movies, shows that are I don't even know. I don't even have it, but it's it's basically everything that HBO offers and then some. Yeah, so I think that'll also hit a whole different audience, and I think that's a good thing. I am kind of indifferent about it. I look at Turner Sports. So, like, Turner Sports is, like, TNT, TBS, um, you know, two channels that I think are basically provided on any cable provider and, you know, other other uh, streaming platforms. And so is NBC and NBCSN and MSNBC and USA and all that. But I just think that... Uh, NBC has just like elevated the game to like this newer, higher level. And between the commentators that they've had with Doc Emmerich and Catherine Tappan, and as much as we can't stand them, but Pierre Maguire and uh, Eddie Olchek, I, I think that they have just done like such a good job, like exposing the game to a variety of different fans that have either been fans of the game or that haven't and now are. And and I thought they've brought on a lot of really good analysts too, between Mike Milbury, Jeremy Roenick. And I mean, obviously those guys aren't there anymore because of things that they've said and, and other, and things like that. But, you know, they have Patrick Sharp now and you've seen Dominic Moore get some, get some airtime on there, Anson Carter. And I think they all do a good job. I just, what I wonder is like, are, is Turner Network going to give these people an opportunity to still work in the game? Because I think, like, you look at Catherine Tappan, like, she's been doing this for I don't know how long now, but she she's a, she does a great job at it. Her and Liam McHugh as well. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Catherine Tappan does, like, everything. She does Olympics. She does... Right. You know, and, yeah, and so... And that's through NBC Sports, so I, it makes yeah. me wonder, like, well, is Turner Sports going to go pick her up then? I mean, they should. And she's, she's done a great a great job at it. Um, but I think it's funny, Kim, I don't know if you heard it today, but like Felger was talking about it. Like, yeah, I think everybody's great on there, but they don't really say anything. You know what I mean? Like nobody's like controversial, but then he was like, Patrick Sharp is like s- such a beautiful human to look at. Like, 
he's he's just like a stud and Listen, he's right they, they have a lot of really good looking people representing the nhl on their panels i will 100 percent agree with that point and i 1000 percent agree with the point that they are so good at saying absolutely nothing sometimes and i don't mean nothing in terms of the actual sport of hockey i think that they're very good at looking at a play and being analytical whatever you want to call it there is no spunk to it there is no, mm-hmm. there is not that controversial voice, and this isn't an NBC problem in alone. I think this is an NHL Network problem as well. Just the absolute puds that they have representing the game, and in, in in that sense, there's no debate ever. It's just, oh, here's what happened, and this is the 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 story, and and that's it. There's no loudmouth guy, and I don't necessarily like the loudmouth guys who go on almost just purely to to, to stir up a fuss. I don't necessarily enjoy that, but there's I, I don't find myself ever watching intermission reports because they just don't say anything that I that I don't feel like I already know if I've actually been paying attention to the game and if they're not going to provide any other sorts of entertainment, be it through having you know these sort of debate like things where where we're actually having two opinions clash. It's just I don't feel like there's anything for me personally to watch there. I'm also wondering if like NBCSN has them not doing that for some specific reason, because what I do sometimes watch the intermission reports and you're right. They, they don't debate at all. They just kind of do whatever and then go on. So I'm, I almost think in my head that maybe in some sort of a contract deal that they're not allowed to like overly obsess with about debating about certain things. I don't know. Well, I think it's, I think that's, partly NBC trying to protect their own image. Yeah. And also I wonder how much of it it is the NHL too. And Gary Bettman saying, Hey, let's keep it a clean product here and let's try and let's try and grow the game in ways by promoting our players and our coaches that everybody's just like a great, a great person and a great, you know, player. And there can be no wrongdoing like in the NHL when that's totally not the case. I mean, even like TBS has brought on Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez and all these other guys. And they debate about fucking baseball. Yeah. They're, like, they're loud yeah. guys. They get the blood going. Yeah. Right. And then, and then you look at um the NBA crew on TNT with, uh you know, Charles Barkley and Shaq. And it's like, those guys are bitching at each other all the fucking time because yeah. they've played the game and they've played it at a, at, an elite level for for so long that they know that it's not all fucking rainbows and butterflies out there. And especially in hockey, that's not the case either. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the NA, more the NHL or more NBC, but either way, I mean, I'm interested to see how ESPN and TNT or Turner Sports like changes this. I think it might be for the better, especially with ESPN. I think you'll see more of that debate going back and forth versus what you don't see now. Right. Well, the thing that I do like about it that we have touched upon is how it can bring in a wider audience because it's going to be stretched across multiple platforms. But the thing that does scare me about it a little bit is, is how much are they going to lean into the subscription service based streaming aspect of it with things like Bleacher Report, HBO Max, ESPN plus that's what scares me now I have ESPN plus and HBO max so I'm not worried about it from my own 
perspective. And Bleacher Report, I've had very good experiences with. They used to carry Champions League games for soccer, and you didn't have to be subscribed with a rolling subscription. You could pay 3 $4 to watch one individual game, and that was it. And honestly, I loved that because I didn't have to pay out the ass every single month for a service that I was going to use once every couple of weeks. So that's what scares me is how much of, of these NHL games are going to be put on a purely streaming based platform. Obviously national games will be on ESPN, TNT, whatever. And we still have our local services to watch games. You know, we have Nesson here in new England, whatever else, everywhere else. So I don't know. That's my two cents. I think overall it's probably better for the game to be across multiple platforms like that. It just depends on how they're going to approach it for me, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And before we get to pucking around, we have a couple uh, quicker things we want to mention here. First of all, we have to tip our caps to Patrick Marlowe, who has broken the record for the most all-time games played in the National Hockey League, currently sitting at 1,768 career games. It came against Vegas the other night. I mean, what else is there to say? I'll leave it to you guys. It's just absolutely brilliant. Did you did you guys watch that game when it happened? No, I no. caught all the all the stuff oh. like on Twitter after though. They did like a whole it was like a at the very beginning before they sing the national anthem. Like all the Vegas players went up to him and like congratulated him and it was like a really nice thing to see televised. Um so yeah, it was it was cool if you missed it. That was definitely a moment to see. That's what I like about the hockey community, though, is that, you know, there are obviously rivalries and people might not like each other. But I think at the end of the day, they recognize achievements and how it's not it's not easy to attain these types of milestones. And that when somebody does do it, that they're all, you know, congratulations, like very respectful, very. I, I just I like that, that. Hmm community aspect that that hockey has yeah personally uh, if i could describe it in one word it's legendary i mean think about it like gordy Howe, i think did it over 24 seasons instead of patrick marlowe's 21 and you look at how the game has changed from when marlowe came in to where it is now and it's just like for him to be able to even like keep up with the pace of play and all these young kids that just fly around the ice it's it's unbelievable and so i think it's legendary i I just think it's a shame that this guy never even got to win a stanley cup and i know and won't but you know hats off to the vegas golden knights for doing that for him and hats off to all the other teams that have gone out of the way at the end of a game, like knowing that this is their last game, they're probably going to play against Patrick Marlowe and just shaking his hand and saying congratulations because it's, it's a hell of an accomplishment, hell of an accomplishment, especially to do it at 41. And I think he's played in like 800 or 900 something consecutive games. And I mean, that's, it takes a lot of luck, but you know, with health being what it is, I mean, that's part luck, but also part, taking care of yourself. So yeah, you know, hats off to hats off to Patrick Marlowe. Um, just too bad. He never got to win a cup. And did you guys see the stat? Sorry to, uh, if I stepped on you there, Stone Sonic, but did you guys see the stat that basically in short explained that he has played with roughly like 37% of yeah. the players who have mm-hmm. ever played in the national hockey league. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Think about that's how insane. many fucking people that is. <laughs> 
<laughs> like yeah. think about it, like like you're talking like at least 22 players per roster for 31 teams now. Yeah. All the guys that have come and gone that are that were just like a one game call up and just played in the AHL for the rest of their career. It's just it's nuts. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe, 1,770 games played, 1,197 career points to go with that. An astonishing Crazy. career. And as you guys said, it's a shame that he will most likely never win a Stanley Cup, at least as a player. Yeah. Uh, but before we move on, we have a couple other quick mentions here. David Backus could possibly be retiring at the end of the season. He's an unrestricted free agent on May 1st. Um we we have some experience with David Backus here in Boston. You know, it's a shame how it worked out here with the Bruins. Uh, I personally wouldn't notice if he retired. I, I hate to say that because I really liked the guy when they brought him into the into the Bruins system, but I would not notice if he retired right now. Yeah, Same he basically, he basically yeah. said it's a possibility, but um, he's like, I'd say it's more of a probability. So... Yeah, I mean, for what the guy's done throughout his career and everything and, you know, going through concussions and other health issues and the game's just passed him by, unfortunately. I mean, he's, when I mean, you guys remember when he was in his prime, he was like your prototypical, your prototypical power forward. And he played that physical game, but it could also score 30 goals and not do it like Milan Lucic where half of them are in front of the net, like off yeah. his ass or something, yeah. you know, I mean, he was actually a very good goal scorer. So yeah, it's a shame, you know, and he's going to end his career playing for the Anaheim Ducks who won't compete for anything, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Cam. I honestly wouldn't even, wouldn't even notice. Obviously all speculation at this point, but in 964 career games, he does have 500 and 61 career points. So it'd be a shame to not see him make the 1000 game mark, but I think that we are probably at the end of the line with David Backus. And lastly promise the last thing before we get to the best segment in the world, pucking around uh, Andrew Shaw announced his retirement from the national hockey league today after a 10 year career due to a history of concussions, obviously to, you know, his reputation does kind of precede him. He's not exactly the most glamorous <laughs> player of all time, but he is a two-time Stanley Cup winner who scored uh, 151 points in 554 games in 10 years for a guy who a self-proclaimed mutt, as he said on Twitter today, quoting him, thanks for giving a mutt a home was the thing that he said to Chicago fans. Uh, for a guy like that, it, it is a great career uh, for... I guess the enforcer type player, you know? Yeah. Yeah. His video was great too. Um, I mean, <clears throat> to start your NHL career by fighting Zach Ronaldo in your second shift of your first game, and then you go out later and score your first career goal. I mean, that's can't really draw it up much better than that. Um, Andrew Shaw was a pain in the ass to play against. Um, just he hit everything that moved and, was an agitator and would get under guys' skin. And, you know, he ended up playing on a couple great teams in Chicago, being able to win two cups. So congratulations to him on a, on a great career and, you know, best of luck in retirement. And always, always sucks to see players uh, go out due to injury, but it seems like he, he's making the right choice. Yeah. 
100% agree. It was It's an absolute shame to see him go out the way that he did. I was always a big Andrew Shaw fan. Probably the most notable moment in his career, one that we're all very familiar with, was his uh, triple overtime game-winning goal in game one of the 2013 Stanley Cup final. Uh, a night that. that I won't <laughs> long forget. I forgot about that. I forgot he fucking scored it. Yep. <laughs> I believe, if I remember correctly, that game ended exactly one minute to midnight, uh, at least in the Chicago. In Chicago, I think it was one yeah. minute to one a.m. here, but uh, a long ass night that I will never forget. And good for him for having that kind of career goal in his catalog. But with that being said, if anybody else has anything else they want to get to before pucking around, now's the time. I'm getting a bunch of head shakes. All right, then we'll throw it to pucking around. And it's the greatest segment in the world, as Nick always says. I hope I'm doing him justice here as we <laughs> intro pucking around for yet another episode. Who wants to lead us off here? I'll go. Uh, okay. Nick raised oh, his hand enthusiastically. Sorry. No, 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 no. No, go, go, go mine mine just has to do because we were talking about um play-by-play announcers earlier all right so good so if you could be a play-by-play announcer for any team besides your own what team would you pick for okay i swear to god if you say the northeast generals (laughs) okay but before we do that but before we do that and no i was never gonna say that they didn't pay me a fucking cent are you kidding me (laughs) i love i love how they can we say can we say our boss's name is that I'll just whoever was in charge of us. I love how he said that. Yeah, you're you'll you'll be lucky if you get a sandwich at the end of the season. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, uh, so but, be, but before we get to the answers there, Ethan, did you see their new jerseys that they posted today? They got, no, they, uh, their their new home jerseys. You can find them on Instagram. They're they're fucking sexy. Love that. Anyway, <laughs> um, oh yeah, look at that. Wow, actually, that was really nice. everybody look up the northeast generals on on instagram to know what we're talking about it's a great jersey anyway apparently it's sexy i'm still thinking so uh mine would be because like the way i look at it's like would i want to be in like a sick city or do i want to just like do it for like a good team my thoughts like do like both or you could be remote like they are kind of now yeah, that sucks. Yeah, no. I know. If I could be in the arena, I know they're not the greatest team, but I think I'd go with San Jose. I think I'd be in the Shark Tank. <laughs> I think that'd be really fun. I think that would fit you perfectly, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, yeah, that's pretty good. I think I, like, all right, well, I can't stand Dave Mishkin the uh radio play-by-play for the fucking lightning so if i could take his job that'd be pretty fucking sweet because that guy is so annoying yeah he's brutal he's one of the worst absolutely ethan i what do you think about him i I genuinely need to know i actually because of him i try not to listen to them on the radio i try to only (laughs) watch their watch their games and then you have like drunk uh who he used to play for the Bruins? That's his partner. Is well, that Esposito? Yeah, 
Esposito. He's, like, he, he's like hammered half the time watching the yeah, game. Yeah, he's like hammered like every game. <laughs> well, to be fair, wouldn't you be hammered if you lived down in Florida? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I was like 70 years old and I just play golf and go say like 10 words during a broadcast and I get to watch a sick team, yeah, of course. Oh, sidebar, I uh, I broke my driver over the weekend. Your driver? Yeah, my uh, my my golf club driver. How um, did you do that? Because I'm a dumbass. That's how. <laughs> uh, I did put the head my come flying off. So I put my bag on the back of the golf cart, and I forgot to strap it in. And when I ah. drove forward, oh. the bag <laughs> fell off the back, and the it it snapped. The shaft snapped like a couple inches above the head. I hate when that <laughs> happens. <laughs> Ethan, come on, dude. I know. But was it, a, was it an old driver at least? No, I got it for Christmas. Oh my God. Even so worse. I'm, I'm pretty sure dude. it was still on a warranty, but like. That's uh, tough. Yeah, it's uh, what was it? A Ping G410, if that means anything to you. Um, I think I've seen it in. Uh, I think I've seen it in 2K21. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I think. Uh, I think Big Lair was able to get it fixed for free. So nice. Oh, I never Cam. gave an answer for the broadcasting question. Yeah, I totally no. forgot about that. We got sidetracked. <laughs> I would have to go with any organization that has a long standing history in the National Hockey League. So, one of the original six teams, probably a Montreal. Montreal is the first team that comes to my mind, but I don't know if I could live in Canada. So I could also go with a team like New York because I love New York city. And, um, it's just a, a very, very passionate fan base that is similar to Boston. So I could tolerate it in that sense, but I would also hate to take the play by play guys job in New York. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I think he does a great job. I'd hate to take that job from him. He does a great job. What would you do? Sonic? Uh, probably either Montreal or New York Islanders. Oh, you like want to be on the island? Yeah, why not? It's nice there. <laughs> can I can Long get all the bagels I want. Long Island, you can get so many bagels. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that was that was my question. <laughs> Uh, okay, awesome. Nick was enthusiastically looking to ask his question, so we'll go to Nick next. All right, so given what has gone on in the soccer world the last uh, week and a half, it got me thinking about these Super Leagues, and if there was a Super League in the NHL, and I guess we would probably have to break it up into, is it eight teams, Cam? Is that how many teams for would make up the, the Super League for soccer? Is that what they were it talking was gonna about? Be, well, there was 12 teams that were had started it, that were in it initially, and they were going to expand it to like 15, maybe 20, I forget. I think, it was, okay. I think it was 20 total. Okay, so just give me your six. I'll keep it at six. Give me your six teams that you would choose to make up the NHL Super League. I can answer that immediately, and it's going to sound boring right out of the gate, but I can defend it in comparison to the uh, European Super League that has already fallen through because this sport belongs to the fans, you greedy fucking billionaire bitches. Anyway, so my <laughs> It only answer, lasted 24 hours, too. <laughs> yeah, 48, give or take. But actually, technically, it still exists, but uh, it, it doesn't matter. 
Um, my cat just tried to off herself. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> my answer would be the original six teams in the National Hockey League. Now, I know that sounds boring out of the gate, but my explanation for that is that a lot of the teams, at least in England, who are rep- going to be representing this European Super League, have such overrated histories in the sense that you have Tottenham, Manchester City, Arsenal, none of those teams had ever won the Champions League. Yet they wanted to skip over the fact that you have to qualify for the Champions League and just automatically be in a European Super League, despite the fact that they've never won the highest trophy at the European level. So to me, that's just like the original six in the National Hockey League. Long-standing history, but a lot of them have really not won that much. You have Boston, who's been around since 1924, six Stanley Cups total. You have um, Toronto, who have won quite a bit, but haven't won since the 60s. You have uh, Chicago, who I think have five total. You have New York, who have four total. And then obviously Montreal, Detroit are the big standouts there. Montreal, I think, has 24. And uh, Detroit, I think, has 11. But... So that my answer would be the original six based on the fact in comparison to the European Super League that some of the teams who are trying to break away have outstanding histories and you could almost justify them being there. And the other ones are laughing stocks who have never succeeded at the highest level, but think they deserve to be there. Good answer. Very passionate, Cam. I love that. I could fucking um, so- rip apart that Super League shit all night. I could seriously <laughs> go for seven hours straight on that shit. Anyway, go ahead, Ethan. Uh... <laughs> That's okay. Um, so my my six teams, um, I I'm trying to think of like to spread it around, you know, because I don't want to pick just teams from the East Coast or um, or Canada or anything like that. But I'm gonna go with let's see, Vancouver. I think should belong in this league. Um, I think Chicago definitely. I think for the West Coast. I could probably give it to. Dude, I know dude. they're. I know they're very new, but I, I guess I could go Vegas. <laughs> Three more, buddy. You can do this. I know I can. I. I I'm sorry. I'm not as passionate as, as Cam was. And I know you. I know you're gonna make fun of me, but I'd. I'd put Tampa in there. I'd put Boston in there, and then I'd probably even put the Capitals in there, or maybe the Rangers. All right. But what a strange Sonic. league. Listen, Mine man. would be uh, Vancouver, um, Boston, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona Coyotes, Vegas, and then probably Winnipeg Jets. Did we all miss uh. the word super in Nick's asking of the question? Where yeah, Vancouver- but you know what? I, I have to ask, where are you guys getting Vancouver from? Maybe we're just hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I genuinely want to know, like you both said Vancouver. So what's the thing about Vancouver that stands out? I don't know. I I've, think they're, go ahead, Ethan. I don't know. I feel like out of, out of all the Canadian teams, I'm not saying they're the best, obviously. Um, but I think in terms of when people think, oh no, I was going to say when people think of Canada hockey, it's either Montreal or Vancouver, I think. Um, or at least as Americans think of it like that. 
So I, uh, I, I would say I would say more Maple Leafs. Oh, Toronto. Okay. Yeah, That's fair. Montreal, That's fair. Vancouver. That's fair. That's fair. I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah, I would not have Vancouver in my Super League at all. <laughs> what That's, about Arizona, so, Nick? No. <laughs> Or Carolina, but that's you your know super what? league. That's, that's my super, super league. league. That's your super league. My special Amen. super league. Amen. <laughs> your, yeah, your special super league. Oh, it's yeah. special, all right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we give all the players special brownies and bagels from Long Island. Hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> so my super league would be Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Washington, Vancouver, and Chicago. Oh wait, why Vancouver, Nick? Yeah, I was curious. Oh, wait, I didn't. I'm oh. in Vegas. I'm in Vegas. Yeah. I'm in Vegas. Sorry. Right, take Vancouver. it back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just fucked that whole segment up all because I was like, <laughs> it's that second shot kicking. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's my question. Thanks for thanks for playing. Awesome, Ethan. Um, okay, so this is this question is it's more of a fun question. Ooh, I think yes, we like I love fun. fun. We know, like we so, know, Nick loves the fun questions. So out of out of the the teams who have you know recently won the Stanley Cup, we'll say the past ten years, right? Which team would you like to go to the parade and party with them afterwards? Washington Capitals. They were a riot. Oh, shocking. No, 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 no. Did you see Ovechkin and Backstrom fucking dancing <laughs> in, in Vegas with the Stanley Cup? You tell me that that's not the most fun group to party with? Okay, uh, nobody uh, has anything to say, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, th- I was trying to be witty and, and quote what, uh, what Ovechkin said. Um, we not fucking suck you know, this year. <laughs> That's it. We not fucking suck. I'll this see year. if I can clip that in so we don't have to listen to me. And the one and last thing before the year, I was saying, we're not going to be fucking suck this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yes, yes, that's another that's another good one, Cam, to add into our little great. drop zone. Um, Is it lame to say Boston? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's that's unfortunate because I was also going to say Boston. Without saying Boston, I would say the LA Kings because I'm partying with Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, a young Anzi Kopitar, Dustin LA, Brown. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of that, Ethan. <laughs> We talked about that when Jeff Carter got traded to Pittsburgh. <laughs> but yeah. I, Ethan, Ethan, you wouldn't do Tampa Bay? I would. That that was yeah, a really lame. River? I think that was kind of lame. I mean, I understand because of COVID, they couldn't really do much. But like, I don't want to be in my fucking boat. Like, I feel like Alex Kalorn would be a hell of a guy to party with, though. I'm sure he would. Um. But no, I, I think I go Boston. I think I would love to the duck boats and just yeah, bar hop. Uh, yeah, this guy. Are you all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Nick's <laughs> hanging out with his dog for the people who are listening to this podcast and can't see. Yep, <laughs> that's everybody. everybody. That's uh. everyone. All right, Cam, what's yours? So my question. 
to wrap things up here also relates to championships, but it goes in a little bit of a different direction. Recently, the Tampa Bay Lightning were presented finally with their Stanley Cup championship rings. First of all, Ethan, I got to know your take on those rings. I like them, but I also think they're kind of clunky. They look clunky to me. Like I, I like I like the blue. I like the fact that they have the Stanley Cup on it, but I don't like how the Stanley Cup, it looks like almost a separate like piece of the ring, if that makes sense. Whereas in years past, rings have been, the Stanley Cup is just made up of the jewels or whatever that's in the ring. I, I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I don't know. But you I'm certainly right. aren't going to complain about it. I'm not going to complain about it now. Okay, so the question in full is, what is your favorite sports championship ring ever? Any team, any sport, what is number one? I'm already going to timestamp this because I know this is going to take a while for you guys to all think of it. It's a tough question. So unless you have an answer, I think Nick has his answer, and I think I know what his answer is. The 2004 Boston Red Sox World Series ring. Okay, that's not the one I was expecting, but that's a great answer. What did you think it was? I thought you were going to say the 2011 Bruins, which is a nice ring. Those things were really nice, but now that first one in 86 years and just it's because it was 2004. It's still like a, you know what I mean? Like the, like, like, I don't know. Was jewelry like that blingy and like advanced back in 2004? I just feel like it wasn't. So I think it was just like more of like a classic look. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I totally get it. And championship rings have come a hell of a long way over the last few decades. And the last few years in general, uh, we've seen some of the most beautiful ones I think I've ever seen. Hell yeah. I'm trying to think of one. Um, While we wait, I suppose I can give my answer because I have two that I can give right now. Um. I have one, two after. I would have to go with the Patriots Super Bowl ring from after they beat Atlanta. So that's technically the, what, the 2017 Super Bowl ring. It's yeah. the, It was played in 2018, but it's the 2017 Super Bowl because that was the season. It bugs the hell out of me that they do it that way. Uh, but nonetheless, so uh, I just love how effing petty they were when they made that ring with 280, 80. what was it? 283 diamonds for the 28 yeah for the 28 to 3 lead that the atlanta falcons blew against the new england patriots obviously we love that super bowl for other reasons uh aside from that but my other answer would probably be the 2019 washington nationals ring i'm biased as hell just as i am with the patriots one as well but it's just a gorgeous ring and Kind of like the Red Sox one from 2004. And honestly, kind of all the Red Sox rings there. It, it's not clunky looking. It looks like a, just a very fancy but clean cut ring. There's nothing too crazy about it except the Capitol building and, and uh, all the monuments on the side is pretty, pretty fantastic. Also, Baby Shark being inside the ring holding the World Series trophy is, is effing fantastic. And I love that dearly but i hate oh, yeah. that meme. 
See, um, I hate that baby shark meme too, but I'm forever endeared to it because of the nationals thing with baby shark that year. So I have a sweatshirt with that shark and a, and a world series trophy and I wear it all the time. So yeah, I'll always be endeared to it. All right. I, I like the 2007 Anaheim ducks ring as well as I actually have to look that up. Um, I think I also like the 2009 Pittsburgh Steelers ring as well. It's just very colorful. With their like three, their three colors in the middle. I think it's pretty cool. Two answers I never would have thought I heard. Yeah, and looking at the Ducks ring, I don't really know why. I don't know. I just, it's different. It so is. I, think I will that's certainly why I give like you it. that. It is definitely different. I like different, so I think that's why it caught my eye. Hmm. And the Pittsburgh Steelers one is pretty cool, too. What year was the Steelers one, did you say? 2009. Okay. I want to look that up, too. Ethan, you got one? Yeah, looking at these, because I, I obviously don't know these rings off the top of my head. Um, I actually really like the, the St. Louis Blues one that they got the other year. Yeah, that was a nice one. Hmm. Okay. If you had one of those, would you like wear that all the time? No. Oh God, no. No. no Absolutely no, 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 no. not. I'd wear it to like maybe some Events. fancy events. Yeah. 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 But I would never just casually wear it. Yeah. Renee Rancourt lives in Natick and he was at, he has done some events that I was uh, a part of as a filming crew and I was able to wear his Stanley Cup ring one night. It was pretty fantastic. I have a picture of me with him. It, it's pretty oh, cool. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Really nice guy. My uh, cousin that used to work for the Sox, like, brought me to, like, the last game of the regular season. Like, the Sox, like, let all, like, fans or whatever that have certain tickets, like, out on the field. And, like, you can have, like, beers and stuff on there. And my I met my cousin's coworker who had... I think it was a, might have been the 13 World Series ring, and I got to like wear it and take a picture. It's pretty nice. I think I have a picture like that. Um, I forgot who it was, a Patriots player who came in when I was working for Lorna Wally. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but I got to put it on my finger. I have a picture of it somewhere. It was pretty epic. It was heavy. <laughs> oh, yeah, heavy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, the only cool thing I have with sports memorabilia is when I was a kid uh, playing travel hockey uh, we played who was it? It was a team the Warriors I forget where they played out of but uh, I think it was somewhere in New Hampshire but the Stanley Cup was there and I get to take a picture with it and I thought that was pretty cool awesome. I've still never mm-hmm. seen the Stanley Cup and I want to so bad Nick didn't you? What's that? You saw? Didn't you have a picture of the Stanley? No, no, that was something else. No, he has a no, picture have, of the Stanley Cup. I have a picture. I have a picture with the Blackhawks, like first Stanley Cup, and then uh, yeah, with the Stanley Cup when I was working at EI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that picture's on our Instagram. That doesn't. Do yeah, anything. yeah. <laughs> I always forget <laughs> we have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something that we should probably use, mm-hmm. or just get rid of. Oh, no, we should use it. We well, absolutely are we going to use it? Yes, now we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, a lot of this is going to get cut out. <laughs> so unless, uh, what's that next? You can't hear the video I'm playing, uh, can you? No, we no. can't hear it. All right, because uh, there's one thing I want to say before we wrap up, but just... Let yeah, me let me segue to it. We'll segue okay. to it. So unless there's anything else that we all want to get to or that any of us want to get to, Nick, I think you mentioned that there was something you wanted to bring up just before the end of the show. Yeah, um, just some tough news. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, last weekend there was a car accident in Pembroke, Mass, and two kids that played for the Pembroke High hockey team, um, and they're... They were 23 years old in a very horrible car accident. Um, and I actually worked with one of the kids, Joe Birlini, uh, when I was working at Pure Hockey. And he was just like the nicest kid. And I just, I I feel so bad for him and his family. And, you know, the Bruins like sent out a, a tweet and Instagram posts about it. And there's a big gathering, you know, before their funeral procession that like a all kids with like hockey sticks were like standing up holding their hockey sticks. So just wanted to share my condolences to um, the friends and family of Billy Hickey and Joe B and um, just, just terrible, terrible news. But again, it shows you how tight knit the, the hockey community is. So uh, for everybody to come together and support them. And I know their GoFundMe's raised a bunch of money and stuff, which is great, but you know, nothing replaces a life, but uh Joe B, it was a pleasure meeting you, and uh, I'll see you on the other side, buddy.